strong and you are God and you give us strength to move. You give us strength to become the people we need to become. You give us strength to stand. You move us to victory. And so, Lord, that's what we pray right now. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill our life. Let us become vessels where you can move in. Let us become vessels that you can pour through. Lord, that's what we want. We want your Holy Spirit just moving in this place today. God, that we can just pray the prayer and say, God, you do what you want to do. You do what you want to do today in my heart and my life. So, Lord, we're, we're open to you. We thank you for this morning. We just ask your blessing on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Um, we're going to go to the book of Joshua this morning, Joshua chapter 1, so you can go ahead and start turning there. Uh, we started a series last week called From This Day Forward. Uh, From This Day Forward is not a marriage series. It's, a, it's actually about uh, us being willing to go where God wants us to go, us being willing to move into the places where God wants us to move. And so um, we talked last week about Abraham, about Abraham moving out of the place where he was at. God had told him to go. And uh, if God's ever told you to go, you know, sometimes that can be a little bit frightening because sometimes God doesn't always say where you're going to end up, right? He just, he didn't tell Abraham that. He says, I want you to go to a place that I am going to show you, and I need you to go ahead and start moving in that direction, right? Or start moving in a direction, and I'm going to show you where you need to go. And so this morning, we're, we're going to continue in this series today with people that God has basically moved, um, and, and so um, before we get there, um, my family, we used to be uh, subscribers to a thing called HelloFresh. Anybody? HelloFreshers, right? And uh, I kind of got burned out on it, all right? So, uh, and so we kind of, we unsubscribed. Uh, but one thing that I did like about HelloFresh was this, is that they gave you these uh, little recipe, uh, like, uh, cards that, uh, how everything was supposed to work. And so it made it really easy on those nights that was my night to cook uh, for me to not be an idiot in the kitchen, okay? Uh, and, and sometimes um, being in the kitchen with Raina and going shopping with her can be a little frustrating because she doesn't always like how I do things. She's like, that's not how we do it, right? That's, I'll go pick something up. She says, no, we're not getting that brand. We're not getting that kind. We're not getting that, that amount, right? And she, then she starts looking at it, but what's this got in it? I'm like, don't look at what it's got in it. Just put it in the cart. It tastes good, right? And that's not really how it works. And so she makes me put stuff back on the shelf. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, this is why HelloFresh was, was, was good in a way for me because it helped me understand that uh, what, what I needed to do. HelloFresh gives us the recipes along with the ingredients, and I loved how they gave me pictures, right? Not only did they give me the text and said, this is what you need to do, they had a picture there for the people who were dumb like me that said, I can't read the text good enough to understand. There's pictures, guys. And, and so basically it, it, it had this instruction about, start here and that's what we need sometimes we need that help to know where to start what is that first step because if you want to finish great you need a good first step if you want to finish great you need a good first step and and this morning that's that's kind of what we're talking about is this idea of stepping into the places where God wants us to step and what is that first step look like how how do these first steps really 
you know, shape and craft the journey that we're on with God. So this morning, let's go to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 is where we're going. Joshua 1, beginning in verse 1. And this is what it says. And after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, uh, Moses' assistant, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving uh, to them and to the people of Israel. In every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Le- uh, Lebanon as far as the great river the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I, uh, I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. How many? That's a good word right there. I, I, I won't read that again. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that i swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the left hand or the right that you may uh, have good success wherever you go and the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to what is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Do you, do you get, catch that? I, there's a series we did a few, a few months back and, it, and it, this hit me. It says, for then you will make your way prosperous. Who's going to make their way prosperous? He said, you're going to make your way prosperous. How are you going to make your way prosperous? I thought God made our way prosperous. We're, you're going to make your way prosperous when you follow God's law. And that's what he's saying there. As you do according to what is written in the law, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Once again, it's like I'm try- he's trying to get something through to Joshua. It's like the third time he said it. What has he said? Uh, have I not commanded you? Be strong and what? courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go so i i i'm kind of uh it's kind of funny to me how he starts this book because basically there's a direct connection here with the end of the book of Deuteronomy, it says after the death of Moses. So Moses dies in the book of Deuteronomy, and this we pick right up here in the book of Joshua. And God says to uh, Joshua, the first words are he says basically is, hey, Moses is dead, right? Hey, God, thanks. Appreciate that, right? Uh, it's almost like there's, there's no, um, hey, buddy, I'm sorry you lost your leader. He just says, hey, Moses is dead. It's time for you to get up, and it's time for you to go where I want you to go. And, and that, that just kind of really stands out to me. He, he um, really gives them direction, and he's saying, listen, I want you to move forward. You've spent too much time just wandering around in the desert because that's what's happened. They've been in this kind of this circle pattern where they've just kind of wandered around. Now, they haven't wandered on their own. Uh, they have been led by God. 
but it's been their wanderings. They were supposed to have moved into the promised land how many years ago? 40 years ago. And so an entire generation has died off. And, and now it is time for this, this new generation, the kids of the one, the kids born in the desert, in the, in the desert wanderings. Uh, it's time for them to move into the promise that God had called for his people. And you got to think, and I, I used to think that um, Joshua was a young guy when, when uh, Moses died, that uh, Moses died, and so Joshua probably being like 30, 40 years old, right? He gets to step up now. Joshua is probably 83 years old, right? You talk about getting your promotion in the latter years of your life, right? He has gotten, gotten his promotion at, at the age of 83, and it's like, now it's your time. It's your time to lead. It's your time to be obedient. It's your time to move into the promise. And he's going to live to 110, which means he's got about 30 years uh, that God's going to use him. And so God uses him at the age of 83 to take this people and move them. But there's some things that you have to understand before they, can, they can't just get there like, hey, it's just a, a, a walk in the park. It's not going to be a walk in the park. There's actually obstacles in their way. There's actually people that they're going to have to confront. And so it's not going to be a walk in the park. This word, uh, avar. And so basically we're... Um, God says this. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. Um, that word avar is uh, the word that means to cross over. And it's connected with who these people are. These are the Hebrew people. And the Hebrew uh, people, that, that, that word Hebrew, it comes from the name Eber. And that word Eber means to cross over. So these are the people who cross over. They have been crossing over. They've been crossing over ever since Abraham left uh, Ur. We talked about that last week. They've been crossing over, crossing different places, crossing terrains, crossing through different nations, right? They have been crossing over and crossing paths with a bunch of people. And these are a people who have been on the move. They are the crossover people. They are the pass-through people. They have passed through the waters, and so now we come to this story, and what is, what is God going to do with this pass-through people or these crossover people? And so God meets them at this moment, and he tells Joshua, I want you to do this. I want you to go, and I want you to take them across the river. See, at some point, we're going to have to practice what we profess. At some point, we've got to live up to our name. If we're going to be the crossover people, right, if that's what they call themselves, at some point they've got to cross over from the wanderings that they've been in to the promise that God's calling them to. And that's the same for us, that God wants us to be the kind of people who actually move forward into the future that he's building for us. And, and one, one more time, remember, we keep trying to hold on to the past sometimes. We keep trying to drag the past into the future. And, and when we do that, we never move into the future. We just continue to get stuck in our past. We, get content, we continue to get stuck in the same places that we've always been, and we just continue to walk. And, and it may take 40 years for God to kill off some things in our life before he's able to move us to the place that we want to go. And God's got all the time in the world, but we don't. Okay, <laughs> right? And so he's calling us. He said, I want you to be obedient. I want you to be obedient. And so at some point, we have to practice our profession. We have to act on what our, we're called to be. I want us to skip over um, to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, and we get to verse 7 here. 
verse 7 and 8. And this is what the Lord says to Joshua. And so basically, Joshua has gotten the people. He's gotten them prepared to move. And this is what the Lord says to Joshua. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that you may know, uh, that they may know, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Oh, that's good news for Joshua, right? God said, I'm going to go with you, and today is the day that everybody else is going to see that I am with you, right? And it goes on, it says, And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, and when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Now, I have never, I, all the times that I have read this story, and I've read this story plenty of times, it struck me this morning that God did not tell them what he was going to do. He told them what to do, but he didn't tell them what he was going to do. He didn't say that when you stand in the Jordan, I am going to do this or I am going to do this. We know that because we have the, the fact we can look back and, and we've already read the end of the book, right? We know, how many of you know how this story goes? And, and so I, I know the story. I've just like just rehearsed this in my mind. So I always kind of skip through that point that I know that God is going to take the waters of the Jordan and the, and the, the Jordan flows, it means, that's, that's what Jordan means. It means to descend. So it descends from Mount Hermon and it descends a, a long way down. And so if you think about that, God stops these waters. He heaps them up in a pile. And this is the picture that I get when I start thinking about it. It's like, yeah, let's go ahead and let's get to that part. But we have to read the story, I think, like the people lived the story. We have to read the story and can't jump ahead because we miss out that God says, I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant and I want you to take these guys and go stand in the Jordan. Okay, then what? That's all I'm giving you right now. And at the, the Jordan River is at this point, if you go read that, it, it's, it's actually overflowing. It's at flood stage. So this is a deep river. It's overflowing the banks. It's running very swiftly. This seems like a good place to drown and get killed. Okay? Uh, so, God, I don't understand what you're wanting us to do other than stand here. Well, just do that. I want you to do that. Sometimes um, you can't move forward until you stand still and do what God's asked you to do. All right? And so I want you to just go stand still, and I want you to stand in the water. And, and I thought about that. I thought about there sometimes that we come to obstacles, and every one of us in life, we are going to find obstacles and barriers and roadblocks in our life. We're going to find obstacles that stop us from our progress. We're going to find roadblocks that stop us from getting the place that we think that we need to go. See, this is what we, I think we have to understand about obstacles. Obstacles rather than privileges are key in shaping our character. Obstacles rather than privileges. Now, how many of you guys, you, you have a pretty good life? It's okay. If this is not a trick question. If you live in America, you have a pretty good life. How many of you guys have a pretty good life, right? Okay, there we go. If you're living here, that means you're in a country that this is a wealthy nation. We have a lot going for us. We have a lot that we're blessed with, right? And so when I think about the privileges that we have, we have a lot of privileges. 
And we're not great because of our privilege, though. There, there are things that we've had to confront. There are people that we've had to confront. There are uh, rogue nations that we have to confront sometimes. And it's those obstacles. It's those trials. It's those things, sometimes those roadblocks and barriers that are the things that really are going to help us stand out and become great. It's because when we get to those points, it's adversity gets our attention. Adversity is what kind of shakes us and says, hey, man, wake up from the dream. Hey, open your eyes. You can't just sleepwalk through life, right? How many of you know somebody who, who, who's like that? seems like they're just going from, from thing to thing, and it's like they're just sleepwalking through life. It's like, hey, you need to see that what you're doing is going to destroy you. And, and, and so adversity is not a bad thing. Adversity actually can be a good thing because adversity gets our attention. But usually we see obstacles as roadblocks to God's plan. Oh, God, I don't know what we're going to do. We got, and maybe this is where they were at with the Jordan River. Oh, God, I don't know what we're going to do. You told us to come stand in this water. But look at this big river. Well, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm not sure what we're going to do here. How are we going to get across? The promise is over there, but we are, we're over here. So, God, how are you going to get us to the promise when, when we're over here and the promise is over there and there's an obstacle and roadblock between us? See, we think that roadblocks and obstacles are not part of God's plan. But what if we begin to see obstacles as a required part of God's plan? See, we don't think about it like that. We think, how can a roadblock be a required part of God's plan? Because what it does is it makes us trust God more. When I hit that roadblock, when I hit that obstacle, when I hit that resistance, when I hit that barrier, what it does is it's, it makes me say, hey, God, you got my attention. Uh, I'm not just sleepwalking through this. Um, you said you wanted me to go someplace, and I'm trying to go there. But, God, there's a roadblock. There's an obstacle. Good, I've got your attention. Good, I'm glad you're listening. Because this is what I want you to do next, right? And sometimes we, we don't understand exactly what God's doing. And I don't know if they understood exactly what God was doing. I, I think one person had a clue to it. Um, it's Joshua. Because if you go read, and I won't read this, but you can go read the portions right down from this. If you go read the portions right down from this, Joshua says, all right, I want you to go move out, take the ark, go step in the water. And God, when you step in the water, God is going to heap up the water in a pile. Did God tell Joshua that? We don't have record of that. I, I, I don't know that God, maybe God kind of dropped some knowledge in Joshua's mind. But what I do know is this, is that Joshua had already seen what God had done before. Joshua had already seen God's pattern that, hey, we're going to move where God says move, and we're going to trust when God says trust. We're going to obey when God says obey. And when God says stop and watch what I'm going to do, we're going to stop and look for a miracle. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to begin to say, God, I don't know what's going to happen right now, but God, I'm looking for you because I'm looking for your miracle. I'm looking for how you're going to move. I have moved at your voice. I have moved at your command. I have moved where you told me to move. Now, God, I need you to move. And I believe this is what Joshua is doing. He's like, we've seen God do this before. Guys, we've been here before. Remember when we went with Moses and we were at the Red Sea and he parted the Red Sea and we walked through on dry ground? Guys, we've seen this story before. This is the second part. This is the redo. So we are here. And I believe that God, if he did it then, he can do it again. And God will get us to the promise. See, that's what I believe, that as we see the patterns that God set, we can trust the pattern in the midst of the problem. See, life is lived in obscurity 
in doing hard things. Most of life is lived in obscurity of doing hard things, not in the limelight of doing things that are fun and easy, right? It's these things that we just do when we do and we do, and it's kind of monotonous. It's like, how, many, how, how long am I? When, have I get, when do I get to retire? How, how long is that? That's coming? Oh, I got another 30 years. Okay, all right. Just going to keep working. And, and we think, God, where are you at? See, most of life is lived in obscurity, doing hard things, not in the limelight of doing the things that are fun and easy. But this is what we're told in Romans 8.28, and I'm just going to read it off the screen. Romans 8.28, that's what it says. For we know that those who, are, who love God, uh, all things work together for the good. How many of you guys, you've read this, you've quoted this, you might have this on a picture in your house, right? That all things work together for the good. It's not saying that all things are good. Let's, let's, let's be honest. All things aren't good. Some of these obstacles and trials and things and barriers that we run up against, they're just not good. And I'll just be honest with you. We've had that. We've had that in our family. But this is what the Word says is we know that all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to His purpose. See, it may not be good. Everything is not good. But God can use it to bring you to the good he wants you to see. See, it's not opportunities that make people great. It's hardships and obstacles. It's resistance in how we build muscle, right? Anybody go to the gym? None of us, okay. We've already quit. That resolution's done. Ah, I get it. When we go to the gym, you work out, right? you got to have resistance. Resistance helps build that muscle to become what it needs to be. It helps you gain strength. And I think the same thing is in life, that when we encounter resistance, when we encounter barriers, when we encounter roadblocks, it's God saying, hey, this is the resistance, and I am using this to build strength in your life. I'm using this to build trust in your life. I'm using this to show you it doesn't matter what comes against you. I am the God that can wipe out uh, seas and, and make a highway in the middle of the sea, and I can take the mountains and move them. That is the kind of God that I am. And so I'm using this as something to build strength into your life. There was a guy in uh, as April 10th, 1960. He was a 31-year-old Baptist minister, and he stood at the podium of an all-female college to give a speech. This guy had been beaten, stabbed, arrested, and thrown into jail. His property was burned. His family was threatened. And you know his name because this weekend we celebrate uh, I think that, uh, his, his, uh, his birthday. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, talked to this group of ladies about moving out from the mountains that we get stuck in. And this was, this was he, what he talked about in this, uh, in this speech. He addressed four areas of mountains that keep us stuck. And he said this, he talked about relativism, that, hey, you know, maybe this is right for you, but it, it's not right for me. Or maybe, you know what, you say it's wrong for, for us to do this, but maybe it seems right to me. He says relativism, rel, relativism is, is something that is going to kill us, right? We've got to move out. We can't get stuck at that mountain. He talked about materialism, right, that it's not just enough for us to work for life. It's, it's, it's something for us to be able to enjoy the life that God wants us to live. And so materialism, relativism, materialism, segregation, and hatred. He says these are the mountains that we get stuck at. These are the obstacles that we get stuck at, right? 
And he says, I want you, though, to understand we've got to keep moving. And this is what he said. And he encouraged them to, to this. He said, keep moving, for it may well be that the greatest song has not yet been sung. The greatest book has not yet been written. The highest mountain has not been climbed. This is your challenge. Reach out and grab it and make it a part of your life. And this is what, how he ended the speech with these words, and maybe you've heard these words before. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Guys, for us today, I think God is calling us not to get stuck at places, but to keep moving as we trust him in the process. God, if you tell me to go move, I'm going to move. Just like you told Abraham. Just like you told Joshua. And there are going to be places maybe you tell me to stand still. And in that moment, God, I want to be obedient and I'm going to stand still. But I know, God, that what you have for me is ultimately to keep moving forward. And so if somebody can come play, this, this is what I want, how I want us to end. And I want you to stand with me today. Where is it in your life that God's calling you to keep moving? Where is it in your life that God's calling you to keep moving forward? forward what are the things that have become obstacles and roadblocks what are those things that look like barriers that scare you those places that look insurmountable those mountains that look like i can't climb that the mountains too high the rivers too deep what are those things that basically just psych us out and says I, I, I can't go any farther what is it that god told joshua he said don't be discouraged. He's actually said, be courageous. Don't be dismayed. Don't fear. Be brave. I am with you. I am with you wherever you go. I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you. That same promise that he made to Joshua, he's made to you. I'm not going to leave you, and I'm not going to forsake you. And I know some of you right now, you've probably prayed that prayer. God, where are you at right now? Because it seems like you're not around. And I believe that he's got you here this morning for me just to remind you that he's not left you. He's not left you. Actually, he's got a good plan for you. He wants to move you forward. He wants you to keep moving forward. He wants you to keep trusting him. He wants you to take whatever that obstacle, whatever that trial is, and he wants you to just present it to him. God, this is it. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm terrified of. This is what has consumed my thoughts and, and controlled my life. God, I, I give it to you. We're going to pray about this this morning. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask the elders to come and the staff to come. And we're going to give you a, a chance to just come to this altar and let, let us pray with you today. Because I believe that God wants freedom for us. Anybody you believe that? I believe that God wants freedom for us. I believe that God wants liberty in our life. I believe that God wants us to trust Him more. And so maybe this is where it's at. Maybe the resistance that you've, you're experiencing, maybe this is what He wants you to see. Hey, I want you to grow. I want you to gain strength. I want you to allow my Holy Spirit to fill you. So, Lord, we come to you now. We know that you have good plans for us. We know that you have a good word for us. We know that you have good for us. And even though sometimes we don't encounter good always, even though sometimes we run up against the things that don't look good, and if we're being honest, we probably just aren't good. 
But we know that you can make good come out of it. We know that you are the God who can take bad and take chaos and take, take things that were meant to destroy us and bring about our good. Because we've seen you do it over and over and over and over. We've seen you do it in Bible stories, Lord, with, with Abraham and with Moses and with Joshua. We've seen you do it with David. We've seen, we've seen you step into the lives of the patriarchs. We've seen you step in through these Bible stories, but we've also seen it around us. Maybe it's our grandmothers and our grandfathers. We've seen them live it out, and we've seen you rescue them. We've seen you answer prayer. We've seen you, Lord, change lives. We've seen you save people. We've seen you break addiction. We've seen you heal homes. We've seen you do these things, Lord. And so we're going by the pattern that you've already set. We're going to trust you, Father, with whatever the problem is. We put our life in your hands. And we thank you, God, and we're going to move forward as you tell us. This is what we are. This is what we're going to do. We're going to be the people who cross over. We're going to be the people who pass through. We thank you for this. We thank you for the, your good and precious promises to us. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask the staff and elders if they'll come as they sing and play this morning. If you have a prayer need, we want to pray with you today. So don't wait. We want you to step out and come, see, come find us.